Qui est le poète? Who is a poet? is a bilingual podcast in French and English. We reflect on the sacredness of this function and its essential mission for the collective with guest poets on the show. Poets from the past, present, and maybe future come for a visit to enlighten our perception of beauty, harmony, transcendence, and union. Their creative process and emotional journey into creation is also at the heart of our discussions. Welcome. My name is Muriel Mobingu, and I am a poet. A poet is an artist, is a poet, is an artist. Maria Linares Freire is a London-based artist from Cordoba, Spain. A Londoner for 25 years now, her work has been published in various art books and magazines and awarded eight international prizes, among which the prestigious Dante Alighieri and Leonardo da Vinci prizes. Inspired by quantum mechanics, geometry and Egyptian mythology, Maria's art is neo-baroque, transcendental, gigantic, harmonious, everything Revue Revolution loves and Notes. Maria's most iconic exhibition happened in October 2015 when scientists at the NASA projected her painting over the moon surface. On Earth, Maria has also exhibited in London, Bristol, Milan, Rome, Athens, and New York. Maria Linares Freire is Revue Revolution's artist in residence and new co-editor-in-chief. Welcome, Maria. They found me through Twitter because I had this uh, geometrical block and, uh, yes. and I posted this painting, the effect on the moon on the open sea. Uh-huh. And, um, and I received a message from them through Twitter saying, your painting has been selected by NASA to be projected over the moon's surface. You see, I, <laughs> what, do, what would you think? I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I thought somebody was kind of making a joke because I, I had a telescope and, uh, you know, I'm a little bit like uh, uh, always looking at the sky, dreaming around, you know, a little bit kind of uh, a dreamer, daydreamer. So I thought it was a joke. But at night, I thought, well, I'm going to check the link. Just for curiosity, I wanted to, to know where this link was taking me. And then I went to YouTube. The link took me to YouTube. And there was these people from NASA. And they were really doing it. It was a, a new experiment, a visual artist, Italian, 
and they were uh, through radio waves they were projecting images over the moon's surface during the observed the moon night. Yeah, something I didn't know existed. When I saw it, I saw it live and they say my name. And then I was about painting how it was and how I was looking on them over the moon. I was crying with happiness. Oh, of course. How the hell is this possible? How did they do it? I think, you know. Of course. Science is amazing. That's why I love it. Because I always read about it and I always like a kid. I'm always wandering around because, you know. Yeah. I've always loved um, sacred geometry. I find the process so beautiful and mysterious and overwhelming. And so I'm a huge lover of sacred geometry art, but as you know, as something as a, sort of a spiritual experience and something that you yes. that you contemplate and that you admire. And so when I saw your painting, actually the first one I saw was the one that's behind your wall, just just behind you. Oh, okay, this are like yes. Okay, so I said to myself, "This is sacred geometry, and this is sacred geometry." You know, elevated to art because sometimes artists they are starting out with this process, but they are not there yet. You know, it's not quite art yet. It's sacred geometry, and you feel that they're they're seeking for something, but it's not immature. Artwork. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and what I saw in, in your painting was like, oh, a last mature sacred geometry. <laughs> thank you so much. And so, yeah, I said to myself, we really have to, to meet and, and, and I have to, you know, we have to do a paper on you to, to, to write an article on you. So you talked about um, this, this passion that you have for science. Yes, it's fascinating. Science is fascinating in every every kind of form, from the most basic gravity, for example. How does it work? I mean, like, and when I think about it, I don't know. I try to reflect reflect it on my paintings, my my view of the universe as a magical science box, you know, had yeah. all the frequencies and vibrations, the evolution of the spirit. For example, in this painting here. The fire away temple, it talks about the chakras. Beautiful. It's a temple with the chakras, how the chakras oh. they, they evolve. This one, it talks about uh, the eternity of the spirit and that we always find love at the end, that the life is just a continuation. This is all the life happenings. And this is like a corridor. I'm very optimistic, as you can see. Wonderful. Always, yes, of course, spiritual oh. people always are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, this one talks about the the subjective uh, concept of time. For example, uh, uh, can you see it? That yes, time, yes, yes, I can, yeah. That yeah, time that's happens every, everywhere in many, in many forms. And the time basically is subjective to us and where we are and how we're feeling. So we should throw the, the watches away. We didn't have a job, basically. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? When you are on holiday, you feel the time goes slowly, it is in the night. It go, I don't know. You're having fun. It go faster. If you are in London, it passes in one way. When I go to Spain, it passes another way. So basically, time. That's it. Yes, yes. <laughs> relative to us, our feelings. So it's yes. amazing, amazing as well. Yes.
read that um, your creative process is inspired by quantum mechanics and Egyptian yeah. philosophy. <laughs> wow. I love Hermes. I love, you know, Hermetism. It's a joy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you asked, so you read that interview, I think in there I was saying that the more you know, the more creative you become. I'm not a person that a TV person, by the way. So I like to, to read, and instead of watching a movie, I will watch a, a documentary about quantum mechanics and the entanglement and um, uh, I don't know, really things I watch, even about the hollow earth. I love science fiction. Yes. I love the Egyptian archaeological discoveries. Oh. I try to follow as well. I always, there is so many things to know with the internet now. When I was a teenager, there was nothing. My first phone was at 18, you know. And then the internet is evolving. We can know a lot. We can, we can search everything we want. And the science is evolving very quickly. Particle collisions yeah. is very interesting. Yes. Well, yes. Trillion things. I could just go on forever. It's just, uh, it's wonderful. You know, one of the projects of uh, Revue Revolution is the polymath so it's our pet project and the polymath was born uh, observing certain people around me um, and myself and i realized that most of the times poets are multi-talented what i mean by that is that it's not only that you can do many things at the same time it's just that you have these broad broader curiosity and and you know, interest in science, in arts, in literature, and and everything comes together in some kind of project. So for poets, it's it's poetry, but for an artist, who to me is exactly the same thing as a poet, it's just that we're not using the same materials, right? And for an artist, it's going to be something visual, something that people can interact with their senses. And so you are the living proof of what I've been, you know, <laughs> what I've been trying to prove and to what I've been observing. It's just that creativity leads you when it's real, when it's intense. It leads you to reunite all art forms. It leads you to, you know, extract the very, the very minute, tiny particles of knowledge and, and you create this you know, this huge work of art, this huge literary masterpiece, whatever that is. And, and it's just beautiful. So people will look at it and say, oh, this is beautiful. But actually the beauty that they're able to perceive is your process into reuniting all these knowledge, you know, this diverse knowledge. So, I mean, it's so obvious in your painting that you have this multiple, multi-sensitive perception. What, what happened? What happened to you? <laughs> when, <laughs> when you decided that you would be an artist, actually, did you really decide you would be an artist? No. You already felt that you were an artist and you just did it anyway. I, I just like geometry a lot. 
And uh, I started to do geometry because I like it in black and white. And then I started to make it bigger and bigger. And then I started to see things inside. Like yes. I would see the shapes and I will correlate with something. Yes. And then I started to make like stories and they started to become bigger and bigger. And I started to add knowledge and telling uh, stories, stories of love, of entanglement, stories yes. of frequencies of vibration, sci-fi stories. Egyptian pyramid stories with the chakras floating around. Yeah. <laughs> that the one, you know. So I really, I love, I love art. I think it's. Uh, I'm, I'm not very good at words, but I think I'm very good at expressing myself with the paintings. Sometimes uh, I can notice that some people they don't know what I'm doing because yes. uh, you need to put a lot of attention and know something to understand that. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it, how do you how do you react to that? That people sometimes don't get what you're doing. This is a common experience for all creators of culture. Uh, Maria, it's just it's oh, I know. It's, it's, yeah, we all felt that. And we keep feeling it sometimes, not sometimes, it's all the time. So how do you how do you cope with that? What do you do when you feel that people don't get what you're doing? You know what? Uh, I don't know. You should write this, but <laughs> that's okay. I guess like, sometimes I, I feel like, <laughs> like a messenger from God and say, "I'm here." Like a lot of people told me that my my paintings are lightning, and they yes. give a lot of light. And the people that they can read them, they get some kind of power or like energy out of them. Uh-huh. So if a few group of people can read the message and they feel what I like you and you feel what I. What I want you to feel that, you know, it doesn't have to be, it's not McDonald's, you know what I mean? Yes. So I'm not doing something like very easy to understand, like a bunch of flowers or a dog yeah. or some very sexy man, you know, naked or something. You know, nowadays arts, how they work. Either, but I think, you know, it's very interesting. I think that the brain, human brain, is very lazy. So when you look at a piece it's of art, it is, you see a painting of David Bowie or somebody that, you know, Jimmy Hendrix, David Bowie, Bob Marley, to set away your, I love it. Why? So I, I, I so agree with you. You see? And my paintings are, A, they are calculations. It's a lot of geometry, a lot of numbers. That yeah. some people as well, they don't realize, they think I'm very childish because I do circles. They don't think that it's a lot of work, but yeah. never mind. I, I just love it. I. I even love it, actually, that they don't understand anything. Some people, they don't want to sing. So when they see my paintings, it's like, oh, you know. Yeah, what is, oh, come on. It's not easy. What you're saying is so true. I have observed it myself. And it's also one of the reasons why I created the review and the other, you know, the, the other project, the polymath. Um, so there is a kind of crisis right now. And maybe it started like with the industrial revolution, you know, when people started making ready-mades and, and you know, all kinds of machines to ease the material life we are becoming um less and less subtle our intelligence it's like 
we're not able to grasp like really subtle things. And since we are not able to grasp these subtle things, art reflects that. And so the paintings are really, it's all about something that's visual and that you're going to grasp easily, like a body. You say, okay, yeah, of course, a body, a naked body. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Or flowers. You say, okay, come on, flowers. Yes, of course, we grab flowers and we love them, but it's, the perception, the artistic perception is supposed to be something that's really subtle and refined. And actually, this is why people love art. It's because art elevates you, you know, it elevates yeah. your perception. But if everyone and every artist is starting to represent what you see in the mundane life, there's no elevation anymore. So it's just something that's really terrible for me. And you, it's, it's good that you have, I mean, it's important that an artist like you is able to observe that and to know that there is something going on. And so um, I was wondering if you, if you, of course, you have your own practice, which is elevating people. But I was wondering if you were talking about this, you know, if you were sort of communicating about the, the purpose of art and the value of art and what's, you know, m what meaning and beauty and knowledge is supposed to do in people's lives. Do you like communicate around around it or you consider that what you're doing with art is enough it's proof and just people you know just think and do your thing well uh some if i say this kind of thing some people they might get offended you have to understand because yeah. most of the people they, they do mundane things as as you say yes. Yes. so it's like well, kind of tricky to to go and tell people you need to be unique and subtle and you need to elevate people's spirits maybe they are thinking i just need to make money you know what i mean yeah of course it's money Yeah. yeah, so sell a lot of uh, a lot of artists they move be because of the money. I would never do that. Yeah. I would never do it because yeah. uh, I have a day job to pay for my pay, uh, my art materials. Yes, and with that uh, with that job, I pay for it, and I'm a free artist. I pay for it comes from my heart, yeah. so I don't have to. Yeah, it's very important I because I, I have to be free in in this life. You can't be free with nothing. That is rules everywhere and politics. My art, that is no politics. That is no rules. The only rules, I do what I love and I express myself as I want, and how I want, and when I want, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that for me is... It's, it's, so uh, it's wonderful for my for, for myself, you know, to grow and uh, next time I reincarnate, I will be a better person. Yeah. <laughs> you see, when you you believe in reincarnation, you live your life in a different way. I think, yes. but you know, next life you will get the points from this life, like talking like a computer game. I'm gonna get all the points I do in this life. Yeah. So I want I want to grow and explore and learn, and then the next life is gonna be wicked. Yeah, 
of course. And, and art and, and, I mean, creation or creativity is, is just a, a beautiful process to learn about oneself. So it has this deep spiritual quality that, of course, people who are in it for the money don't get. And they just forget about what the purpose of art is, that it's self-exploration and, and you know, connection through the self with other reflections of yourself. So they forgot that. And yeah, you talked about the art milieu, the artistic industry, and it's just, it's, it's terrible what's happening there. But um, I, I, I'm interested in your journey. When you first started painting, Mm -hmm. what prompted you to do that? Like your first painting, when you woke up and you said, okay, yeah. I, I need brushes and, and I need pigments. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that triggered that in you or you felt it was just obvious? No, I, I wanted to have something beautiful in my flat. And, okay. uh, yeah. and I, I didn't think of uh, buying it. I don't know why. I just uh, bought everything and I, I did it. And it's yeah. called the moon. It's red and green. And that is some moons. It's very astral. It's very old. I, I really like that painting, actually. It's on paper, acrylic paper, but I frame it. I mean, it's somewhere in there. I have a million paintings everywhere. <laughs> My house is like a museum. An education in art? In art? No. Uh, no. Uh, no, even, no, even in, in mathematics. <laughs> Some people, they think I, I have something to do with mathematics. Yes. Or design, nothing. I have nothing to do. <laughs> I'm self-taught artist. I think um, God created uh, the universe through geometry. Everything is... Uh, you know, everything is geometrical, so we can all, if you concentrate enough, we can all find the geometry that is everywhere and yeah. put the painting together. We all have art inside. We just need the time. Do you think? Everybody has an artist inside. It is not singing, it's painting, otherwise poetry, acting. I also wanted to talk to you about emotions, artists and yeah, and their emotional lives. What I have observed, so I've been doing this. I mean, I'm I came out as a poet when I arrived in New York, uh, which is not that long ago, but I always knew that I was a poet, that I'm a poet, because I have this, you know, intense this intensity, this intense way of relating to things and to people. And so when I started having these discussions with poets and artists within the review, I realized that we're all like that. You know, we have an intense emotional life 
And this emotional life also causes us to have a few challenges, like a, a lot of relational challenges and, and, and even for a lot of us mental challenges. But it's like it's a pendant of the creative life and the sensitivity and the perception of the artist. So my question to you is, what is the role your emotional life plays in your creative process? And, and did you, did you um, manage to transcend a certain kind of, you know, inertia or, or darkness that we carry inside of us? Uh, yes. You know, so it was, when I came here, I decided to be free and to do the things I love and put myself together. So you see my paintings, they're all very positive because I had a lot of sorrow and uh, it is something that I hate is to be sad, you know, and to, <laughs> to, to feel down and everything. So with my paintings, I want to give knowledge to the people and give them energy and give them something to look at and feel good and forget about the problems because there are different things that we don't know. For example, for me, there are an absolute distraction I had my house is full of them. And uh, some people they say, how can you live with all your paintings? So for, for me, the, it's like... What it's, are you supposed to do? I mean, it's like asking, how can you live with yourself? What, what are you talking about? No, because they say that when, when they look at so many paintings of theirs, they feel overwhelmed and then they of can't course. create. But what happens? Mine are all different. And that's why I do it like that. So my brain, whatever I look, is always distracted. And whoever buys a painting of mine, it will have a distraction to forget about everything. You know, like five minutes a day or one hour a day, you can't just stare, geometry, symmetry, peace. There's a lot of connection between what I have observed and which has become my philosophy of creativity and what you're saying, what you have experienced. You said that uh, people feel overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I... Um, suspect that the artist carries the emotional weight of the world. And since we carry the emotional weight of the world, other people are attracted to us for that reason, because they're afraid of their emotions. The non-artists, the non-poets are afraid of their emotions. They don't want to go there. You know, They don't want mm -hmm. to dive deeper into themselves to see what's going on and so poets and artists do that I mean for us it's like breathing we do this without even noticing that this is what we're doing and so they're attracted to us for that but they only want a piece of it like they don't mm -hmm. want all of it and that's the reason why also I talked to you a little while ago about you know the relationship the relational challenges that poets and artists have it's because the re the reason for that is they're surrounded by people who love their intensity who love what they represent the emotions the passion but at some point for them it's too much it's too much and 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 the poet and the artist don't get it they say oh okay come on why are you going away? Or why are you doing this? Why are you doing this nonsensical things all of a sudden? It's me. 
it has always been me. I've always been a creator. You love this passionate me and this emotional me and this spiritual me, but now you don't. And so people react like that. They love us and, and then they don't because they feel overwhelmed by that because they don't want to do the work that we are doing. Frustrated. Frustrated. Yes. Frustrated because they don't, do, they don't do anything by themselves. That's what you mean. Exactly. They are yeah, that's, that's so true. Yes, they are frustrated. And so it's weird because they, they are frustrated, but they know that there is something there that's really attractive and, and that it's something that's, you know, it's soothing for them. They like it. They like art. They like poetry. Yeah. They like culture and the, the people who channel culture. But they don't want that intimacy with culture. They don't want, they want to consume it. So you said it yourself a little while ago. You said, well, um, when I start, I have a lot of paintings on my wall. And I don't know why I didn't think about buying paintings. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you didn't think about that because this is who you are. You breathe like beauty and intimacy with culture and, and with the invisible. And so you're not going to do that. But the other people, the non-artists or non-poets, and it's not negative when I say it. It's just that to me, the world is like separated in two. There are those who create and the others who consume. And so... Those who consume, those who buy art, those who buy poetry, they are the ones who are passive. So they need yeah. us, but they also provide us with the means of our material existences. So it's difficult for us to say, you know, you know what? I want to just let go. I just want to do my thing because no, you, I mean, yes, of course you want to do your thing, but you also need a roof over your head and you need to eat mm. and, and also you need it's it's human artists and poets they need a community you, because you're doing this for a community you're not doing this only for yourself also it it begins like that but it's an expression of the self yeah. that you are sharing you know to nourish to nurture people So it's like this very difficult relationship we're in with the non-poets, the non-artists, the non-creators who are, you know, the whole of humanity. Like, you know, they are very <laughs> percentage. I don't know. I, I, I could ask my, my partner, is a statistician? We could ask him. Maybe he knows about that. How many artists and poets are there on this planet in percentage i think it's really ridiculous and we're going to either laugh or cry we're going to say come on what is this what is this place <laughs> why only us so it's like yeah they consume us because they don't want the intimacy with their own self and but since they know that they need it anyway it's good to have an artist around spiritual practice that something that you do every day uh, well meditation medit uh, meditation was okay. yes but I don't, I, I don't know just yeah. it. when I wake up in the morning for example I wake up 5.30 in the morning I have a routine I go to the balcony and I talk to myself <laughs> oh, and I say I say I say 
I say thank you for everything. I look at the stars and say thank you. You know, and it's sweet. And I start thinking, yeah, very. I think this this is, it makes me be a better person during the day to say thank you to the universe. Yes, and appreciate the beauty of the sky, yes. little things around. Yes. Even when I cross the park on my way to work, I take off the headphones. I listen to the birds just to stay connected. Otherwise, it's like. Yeah. For me, it's very important to be connected to nature as much as I can. A painting is over. Wow. <laughs> you know how many times they have asked me that? When I look at it, I go like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, seriously, I just keep painting and painting and painting until I look at the painting. <sighs> and I get enchanted, you know what I mean? Oh. Nice sparkles, the light definition of the lines, the like thickness, the right, everything. As I, I, as you see in the paintings, I have, have too many details. So I have to, sometimes it's so complicated, like to make sure everything is perfect. I'm very, I'm very OCD, obviously, it's geometry. You can't, you can't make a mistake. Yes. If you make yes. a tiny mistake in a big painting, I, I can't notice it. And then I completely ruin my day. You see? Wow, it's just beautiful. Everything has to be in the right place. You said that you have you have a side job to, yeah. to be able to buy your art material. Um, you never guess what I do in the day. I'm a, I'm a head chef. Oh, <laughs> you're a chef. Yeah, I mean, yes. Oh, I mean, I wow. <laughs> wow. I I, lo- I think cooking is an art, definitely. It is, of course. Art, and it's full of colors, and it's very vibrant, all the smells and the textures. And then it's mathematics as well, because, you know, sometimes uh, I've been cooking for many, many years. I had a restaurant for seven years, and I worked for the yes. Royal Opera House, teaching fair trade, environment, yeah. healthy eating. Then I, I cook for private parties. Then, I cook for 600 people, so it's mathematics. You cook yes. for 10, then you for 600, you multiply 250. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, as well, mathematics and colors and shapes and beautiful. I think it's cooking beautiful. is very I'm, ty- I'm a little bit tired of cooking because now I want to paint all the time and I already cooked for too many years, so I basically I already cooked everything yes. I wanted. So, Obviously, you love your side job because there are a lot of artists who they take a job because they want to, you know, focus on their art and pay for their art materials or simply have time to write. But they don't like the job that they take. It's just, you know, to pay the bills 
And what would you say to them? It's better to find something that it doesn't kill you when you wake up in the morning to go there, you know what I mean? I think it's very important that you find a balance between you, your day job and your passion. No big, big, as you say, cliff between both of them, that you love one and you hate the other one. Because yeah. it's not good for your mental state, you know what I mean? something miserable every day is very hard very hard yeah. Yeah. so thanks god i like cooking i'm tired of doing it because this i've been cooking for like for more than 20 years now yes that's a and my arms are tired that's why i'm so skinny because i lift a lot a lot of weight you decided you would retire at 50 and focus yes. on art only yeah because uh, i want to i want to do a lot of more things with the art and I want to study as well, my little research and things. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more. I want to design more. I look, for example, this thing of your magazine now. I love this kind of things. Just do something different. I already fed too many people. I think it's enough. <laughs> mm-hmm.